good morning and welcome to worship here at University Heights UMC. I'm Pastor David. Mike Hilgert's our liturgist today. Joanne Hannon is leading our children's moment, and we're all happy to welcome you to this space for this morning's worship. Can you believe it's already the month of May? Beautiful, beautiful spring weather today. I hope your spirit was lifted driving in today. I hope you picked up a bulletin uh, to help guide you through worship today. And inside you'll see that we have a few extra articles um, for our monthly newsletter. So there's a few new mission opportunities starting up this month. First of all, our loose change in the offering plate will support our bibs ministry throughout the month. So uh, as you are exiting today, hope you'll drop a few dollars or change into the plate and uh, help support that vital ministry. Uh, we also, during the month of May, will be having a collection of children's uh, undergarments. And there's a small white crate out in the narthex where those can be collected today. So yeah, please don't leave your underwear on the counter or something like that. Uh, but it's just too good to pass up, right? It's just too... Also, um, you know, this week in the football world was uh, the NFL draft. So the, a lot of, you know, new players selected for their teams. So I was thinking we've got a number of uh, positions, you know, volunteer serving type of positions that we're still, you know, praying uh, folks might step into ushering, helping with the technology team and soundboard. So maybe we should just have a draft and with the first round pick, you know, Tom Neiman is going to be uh, leading the sound. Thank you, sir, for being drafted. No. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm kidding, Tom. Sit, stay seated. Stay seated. You don't need to leave. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, be prayerful and discernment on how you might serve. Not every Sunday, perhaps. Once a month, helping our ushering team. That would be wonderful. Uh, we will be, uh, at the end of this month, um, looking to fill our position for our Sunday morning uh, custodian, facilities person, Noah Rollison's done a fantastic job, but he's graduating from UND here this month, and so, and he has some great uh, opportunities ahead of him, so he'll be serving with us for a few more weeks, but we are looking to fill that position, that paid position, so please uh, spread the word as you are able to, to some folks who might want to fill that Sunday morning position. Uh, my last little information, our men's Bible study is starting a new study here this, uh, uh, this month. We'll be reading the uh, biography of Eugene Peterson, who uh, wrote the message version of the Bible. He's a pastor, and um, we're excited to hear a little bit about his faith journey and what led him to, uh, to be inspired to reinterpret the Bible. So um, I think it's entitled A Flame in My Bones. So if you'd like a copy of that book, we can get it to you, as well as Join us on Thursday mornings for that, for that discussion. Again, it's great to be with you today. Uh, I send my prayers and blessings that God may enrich you and strengthen you during this time together. I invite you to greet those around you and share the peace and love of Christ as, as we join for worship. <laughs> Got to keep people on their toes.
the still small voice of God calls upon us. Let us listen this morning with open ears to the voice of God in prayer. Refreshing, renewing God, enter into this space, into our lives, into our questions and our doubts. Restore us again. Your Easter people gather to raise their voices once again to sing. We commit to you. But we still wrestle with how Easter can be. We long to see more of your resurrection power in the world. Open your eyes, open our eyes to your presence with us today, Lord. Whether it be through the reading of scripture or the taste of bread and juice, make yourself known to us. That we will be encouraged. That we will be inspired. That we will love and serve you with grateful hearts. This is our prayer for worship this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand as you are able and join in the call to worship this morning. Fear hung over the disciples as a dark cloud. Huddled in the upper room, they spoke in soft whispers, 
afraid of the sound of their own voices. Lightning flashed in their souls. Christ, the risen Lord, was standing with them, eating with them, talking with them. Where doubt had reigned, hope now grew. Where fear and panic had laid claim, faith was again planted. Come, let us worship the God of great miracles. We lift up our voices in praise to God. Join this morning in the affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
Dear Heavenly Father, we bring our tithes and offerings today in gratitude, and we ask for the guidance of your Spirit as we use them to further your kingdom here on earth. Give us courage and strength to be kingdom people. In your name we pray, amen. The Gospel reading this morning is from Luke 24, verses 36 through 43. It's Jesus appears to his disciples. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood up among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. The children may now come up for the children's message with Miss Hannon. Well, what is today? What? May 1st. And how, how many of you heard, have heard the expression May Day? And what does it mean? Does it mean May 1st? You know that one way May Day was used is if I were out in my big boat, which I don't have, and I had trouble and needed help, and I had, was able to communicate with someone, I would say, May Day, May Day, and they'd come running. I mean, in their boat, they'd come paddling to help me. So that's how May Day is used. But May Day was different. When I was growing up, on May Day, we made May Day baskets. Did you do that ever? Well, and we made them out of wallpaper. Back when I was growing up, I could go to the paint store and ask if they had any old wallpaper books. And then we would make the baskets out of wallpaper because it was nice and stiff. So we made our own baskets. 
I went to, out to find a wallpaper book. I don't know, they don't have them or I didn't, couldn't find the right store. So I had to do something else. But one of the things about uh, what we did on May Day when I was growing up is we would make a May Day basket and they were much nicer than this because I had wallpaper. But I, I made some May Day baskets. And what we would do is we would take them to somebody, a friend's house or somebody that we wanted to give it to, and we'd say, May Day, May Day. And they were then, they'd come tearing out of the house at the same time I'd go running off. And the idea was they were to catch the person leaving the May basket and give her or him a kiss. I didn't go for that part. And besides, I didn't give one to boys. <laughs> I gave to all my girlfriends. And, you know, giving out a May Day basket is, is like handing out a little bit of love. And one time, when, one year when I was doing, doing this, I, mother was going through the list with me. And I said, I don't want to give one to Evelyn. And she said, you will give one to Evelyn. And I said, but I don't like her. And my mom said, how would you feel if everybody around, living around you got a May basket and you didn't get one? She said, so you will trot right over there and that's how my mother talked. And you will give her a May basket, and she'll, and, be, and that's um, because I, I'll not have a daughter of mine hurting somebody's feelings. So anyway, so that's how we did May Day. Do you do anything like that anymore? I think you should start that tradition. It was, it really was fun, and it was, it wasn't fun for me making these. I, I don't know, this was really hard to roll these. That's because I'm a little older. But anyway, I'm going to give you each a, a May basket and you don't have to kiss me. <laughs> now, if you really wanted to, you could, but, but I'm not gonna require that. And I like your hat. <laughs> okay, and so just if when May Day comes around, think of it as May Day, the day of handing out love. And so maybe in the future, you can think about doing something like that. Shall we have a word of prayer? Oh God, how we thank you that we have people in our lives that we can reach out to in love and help us to remember to also show love to those that we don't 
particularly like, but love can be given to those we don't like. And you show us love, even when you might not like everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And thank you for these little children. Joanne, if you bring a basket over to my house, I'll give you a hug. I mean, we do have some professional boundaries that we've, that we've been taught about, but I'll give you a hug if you... <laughs> okay. <laughs> It'll be a slow, slow run for both of us. Slow down. Well, friends, see if you can identify this 1980s uh, movie song theme. If there's something strange in your neighborhood... Who you gonna call? If there's something weird and it don't look good, who you gonna call? Yeah, yeah, and you know who needed to have Ghostbusters on speed dial? It was the disciples. Uh, they didn't have a, a massive marshmallow man, but things were not looking good for them. They had had a horrendous week. Their rabbi and leader had been captured unfairly tried, beaten up, and killed. And the disciples had fled the scene and they were shackled with guilt for leaving their friend Jesus when he needed them the most. They were confident the Jewish leaders, the Roman officials were still wanting their heads. And into their enclave, their upper room hiding, in the midst of anxiety and fear came a ghost. So it may be May Day, but we have a, a little Halloween in our midst here with today's story. Now, what we might call the paranormal, the magical, the supernatural, was a bit more routine for the ancient Israelite. They had common beliefs in spirits. Some were beneficial. Most often, spirits wanted to tempt, destroy, lead you astray. Often we hear in scripture of spirits that operated against God's direction. Spirits that needed to be guarded against. It seems the Jews were not all that familiar with Casper the friendly ghost. These were spirits that seek to rupture your faith. For example, in Mark's Gospel, when we read about the disciples in the fifth chapter, they're boating across the sea to the country of the Gerasenes. As Jesus steps foot off the boat, he encounters a man coming out of the tombs possessed by an unclean spirit, a ghost. When Luke first introduces Mary Magdalene, he says, don't you remember, she was the woman healed of evil spirits. She had seven demons, seven evil ghosts come out of her. In the letter of 1 John, we hear the invitation, beloved friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God or not. 
So you had to be on the lookout for all kinds of menagerie of malevolent spirits lurking about. There was also this prevailing thought that you could connect with the spirit of someone who had died. But the Old Testament was quick to strike down any thought of doing this that undermines your faith in the one God who is the revealer, the ruler of all things. We should consult in God about our hurts and not use a diviner to connect with the spirits of the dead. So in the book of Deuteronomy it reads, no one shall be found casting spells, consulting with ghosts, seeking oracles from the dead. These things are apparent to the Lord. There's one other true ghost story in scripture. King Saul, concealed in his favorite cloak, consults with the help of a witch to summon the ghost of the recently deceased prophet Samuel to get insight, helping him defeat the Philistines. Guess what? In the next battle with the Philistines, Saul is a dead man. So you don't go messing around with ghosts in the scriptures. Most of the time, these spirits in the Bible are pretty weak. Jesus easily contains them, pushes them away. We don't have any stories in the Bible about ghosts terrorizing the community, looking for revenge for their bitter death. But they're understood. These spirits, they destroy our life. They lead us astray. We are not to be associated with these spirits. For the disciples to see this ghost in the room is just one more sign that their life is in peril. I might be wrong, but I presume that ghosts are not at the top of your catalog list of fears. Maybe. Spiders, perhaps. High places, more likely. If I were to ask you to come up and give a surprise testimony right now in the service, probably most of you would be pretty frightened. But not ghosts. However, we are familiar with forces outside of ourselves that interrupt, throw off our routine. Surprising illness, a sudden financial crisis, a shocking death. A spiritual calamity. These events or these powers that evoke fear in us or have the potential to convert our faith into doubt. What do you fear will enter your life unexpectedly and cause it to unravel? I could think of a lot of silly things that I would be afraid of. But on a more serious note, I think separation from those that I love the most. A vulnerable moment for me, for just a moment with you. Yesterday, yesterday I was not at my best. Um, I was overly opinionated with my family and dismissive to some of my daughter's ideas. I was not committed to something my son asked me to do. I was unwilling to listen, to respect my wife. I was not at my best. 
At the end of the day, I just had enough and just kind of went off on my own to sulk. But then in that, in that time, I just thought a little bit about what it would look like if those relationships weren't there. How devastating that would be by accident, maybe, or even worse, if it was something that I did. You know, that I caused those relationships to, to fall apart. And that's a real ghost for me. I mean, sometimes it multiplies into my relationship with the church. What, what if I do something that ruptures relationships with people in the church, impedes on the ministry here? That's a real ghost, you know. It, it leads from faith into some real spiritual struggle. What do you fear that comes into life and throws you off causes you pause and interferes with the faith you're trying to grow. I remember the original commercial from the movie, the Ghostbusters are trying to advertise their services. They said, are you troubled by strange noises in the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever experienced a spook, specter, or ghost? Has a phantom ever walked into your locked upper room on Easter while you were hiding with disciples? <laughs> if the answer is yes, don't wait another minute. Call the professionals, the Ghostbusters. Before Peter, though, could pick up that line, the ghost, it was Jesus, really. He says, peace be with you. This is a common Semitic greeting, but it also points to Jesus reading the room. Jesus can see the disciples are afraid, and he notices that this fear comes from this assumption that other people are trying to hurt them or deceive them, that they conclude that their life is only going from bad to worse, that they are certain that death and evil have had the last laugh. And Jesus is aware that not only are they afraid, but that is producing some doubt in them. The disciples thought it was much more likely that they would see a spiteful spirit in their room than the resurrected Jesus. So he knew he had to resolve their terror and reassure their faith. And so he does. He's the first ghostbuster. He casts away fear by revealing himself. Touch me. Let's have a conversation. Let's have dinner. A ghost doesn't have flesh, does he? Jesus was solid. He wasn't some apparition, nor was he a figment of their imagination. He was there standing in their midst. And seeing him, the disciples are overjoyed, and yet still disbelieving. Those are two interesting emotions to be juggling. Excited, but still questioning. How does that work exactly? Have you ever had something happen in your life and you thought, that's amazing. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm going to enjoy it while it is. It makes no sense to me. 
I can recall moments in my short-lived, long-ago athletic career in high school. I'd have an especially impressive soccer match, riding high from the victory I'd be celebrating that I scored a couple goals. I had no idea what had gotten into me. This was some kind of miracle. You just take them when they come, right? Did it make me feel like the next game I was going to be that good? No, I was pretty certain I would return to being the average defender I had always been. This was a fluke, and I could return to normal soon. But it was a good day, you know? It wasn't a changed season. I could be excited, but not really believe much was going to change. I think that's the disciples' impression here. Jesus is in this room. This makes no sense. We're no longer shaking in our seats. We're laughing. They don't get what's happening. It's a mystery. But Jesus, for a moment, for a second, stifles fear. Is that where we're at spiritually? That's okay. God's settling us down so we can see possibility. We may not have all the answers. We might not be sure how far we want to go in this relationship with God. Faith, salvation, it doesn't quite make sense to me. But at least right now, I think life's going to be okay. It could be worse. That's an okay place to be. I read this story about this rich man who was determined to give his mom a wonderful birthday present. It was going to outshine anything he had ever gotten her before. He had read that there was a bird that had a vocabulary of 4,000 words. It could speak three languages and sing several arias. This was one gifted bird. He bought it for $50,000. This bird was going to thrill his mother for years. The next day he called, Mom, did you get the bird? Yeah, I got it. What did you think of that amazing bird? She said, it was delicious. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, spiritual blessings are not just meant to last in a moment. Jesus scattering that ghost for a second and then everything turning back to normal. Jesus isn't a ghost. Remember, he's not fleeting. He's not just active in your life in one moment. Jesus, as the Ghostbuster, wants to revive and rebuild. He wants to rescue your life and transform it. To give you joy for that moment, but also an assurance for every moment. So he forces out fear and he fires up faith. And in a unique way... He asked the disciples, hey, you guys got anything, any grub in your fridge around here? I'm hungry. If you remember in Emmaus, they saw him in the breaking of bread. Now they recognize him as he's snacking on fish tenders. It's a powerful reminder of Jesus when he was with them, feeding the multitudes with loaves and fishes. Remember, they were afraid. We don't have enough. The people are going to act out and rebel. They're going to come for us. Let's feed them. And Jesus provided so much at that meal 
that there were leftovers that they could eat again and again. So here he is again, his mouth full of tilapia and wisdom and reassurance. And he opens the scripture to them about his purpose to suffer and to rise, that sins would be forgiven and fear would be alleviated. And in that supper and in the scriptures, this is more than just a surprise party that makes them laugh for a second. They can see Jesus is really alive to them. He's planned this from the beginning. He's fulfilling his promises. And the more and more their eyes are open, they are able to see that Easter is not just one big smile, one big happy moment, but it's a life turned completely. Our Savior really conquered death. What do we need to be afraid of? When, he, when we come to trust more and more in him as our resurrected one, our ghosts, they're not just banished for the night. They are kicked out of the house forever. I know it's one thing to ask God, please lower my anxious spirit. It's another thing to say, God, I want to believe that you were raised from the dead. But when we do, when we wrestle with that thought, when we commit to that thought, when we live into that thought, we are given this resurrection frame of reference, and we can begin to see how Jesus enters into our rooms all the time, whether it's when we open scripture, he's talking to us, or when we're in worship around this table, he's eating with us, or when we are hugging one another in our own pain and grief, he's touching us. This presence is known to us alive and tangible, and it makes us smile in that moment, and it also gives us courage and strength for every moment. Jesus keeps coming around for those with this resurrection frame of reference, sharing his hope with you, turning your faith towards him. I think, I think we all know who we need to call. Christ the Ghostbuster. Let's prepare today to meet him once again in this time of Holy Communion. Within our Methodist United Methodist Fellowship, we celebrate an open table. So you could be a little bit like those first disciples. Excited? Hey, they've got some bread and juice up here today. I'm not sure it always makes sense to me. In that moment, Jesus calms your fear touches your heart, hands out a little basket of love to you. But he also comes to stir some faith. Take that faith deeper, make it more rich for you. Maybe by coming to the table today, that, that very walk, that very receiving of the bread is, is that invitation to, to allow him to claim more of you, to lead more of your life. May your faith be strengthened in this time of fellowship together. Let us pray in confession as we prepare our hearts for this morning's communion. Join me with those words on the screen today. Gracious God, you give to us your greatest gift, your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him you call us to be people of courage and hope, and yet we run and hide doubting and fearing. 
You challenge us to proclaim our faith, but we huddle in darkness, whispering our words of discouragement. Shake us up, Lord. Forgive us when we seem to need prodding over and over again. Help us to see the presence of Jesus in our lives. Remind us of all that he has taught us to help us to live as disciples, serving you by serving others. Change us and remold us. Make us truly the disciples you've called us to be. Amen. Do not be afraid. The light of God has vanquished the darkness. Christ is risen, and so doubts can be erased. Rejoice, for God's love is poured upon you now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give a thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. You have loved us as a parent, that we should be called your children. And we are your children now. And when we put our hope in you, we are cleansed and transformed in Christ. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you have glorified. As was foretold by the prophets, the people denied the Holy and Righteous One, killed the author of life, whom you have raised from the dead. And by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. 
on the night in which he gave himself up for us. He took bread, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood poured out in a new covenant for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest. Lord God, we humbly enter your presence today, anxious to receive your calming presence strength of your spirit that helps us overcome fear. We are mindful of those, Lord God, who are struggling against very real fears. Perhaps it's the fear that comes with illness related to a loved one. We pray for Phyllis Austin today, for declining health, for her family that is worried for her. We pray with Kurt Barkley and his family at the declining health of his mother, who is hospitalized. Surround that family with comfort and care. Some, Lord, are approaching upcoming procedure, surgery. They're uncertain how it will go. Others have received medical treatment and continue in steps of recovery and are unsure whether they're Bodies will ever return to how they were before. There's fear about what the future holds. Some of us, Lord, perhaps in this room, are making difficult decisions. They're wrestling with those thoughts. They're afraid they may make the wrong choice. Comfort your people, Lord. Comfort this community. Reveal yourself to us again just as you did after the resurrection and appearing before the faithful who recognized you and their disbelief turned to joy and their minds were opened, we pray that you would be made known to us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice and make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until you come in final victory and we feast at your heavenly table. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen, amen, amen.
I invite the ushers who will be assisting with communion to come first to be served and perhaps the singers as well who will be leading us in song. We'll serve them first and then we'll open up uh, this, this opportunity, this offering of grace to the congregation.
Let us pray. Loving God, thank you for meeting us in this room. Coming in and startling us out of our fear. Reminding us once again that you are Lord of life. That you are handling whatever struggles, whatever difficulties we are facing, you abide with us and do not leave us. So make us to be reminded of your voice speaking to us, saying, it is I. Touch me, hold me, talk to me. I am here with you. May we gain the resurrection perspective so that we see you with us always. This is our prayer and faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand as you are able and join us in singing Come You Faithful, Raise the Strain, found on page 315 in our Red Hymn. Thank you. 
Sometimes Luke 5 verses seems like a lot, but by the fifth one, I really was getting that hymn. So I appreciate that this morning. <laughs> Friends, hear these words of blessing and benediction. God, Go now as God's chosen witnesses to testify that Christ has been raised. We are raised with him. Do not look for him among the dead, but be glad and rejoice. May God raise you from all that tries to bury you. May Christ call you by name and go in front of you. May the Holy Spirit empower you with love and goodness that you might share it to the world. Amen.